With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It Never Rains on this podcast. I'm Hithliday. I'm the managing editor for Addicted to Quack. It's a website. Joining me this week is one of the great ATQ writers, Adam Holland. How you doing? I'm good. Um, my sort of kind of hot take was completely debunked by Washington's running back, but uh, basketball's back, so the good and the bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Washington's running back, uh, you know, demonstrated that he's the greatest running back since sliced bread. Uh, I think, you know, what, what was it that Josh Pate said, you know, uh, about whether or not you know it was um, uh, going into going into the Oregon versus Utah game where Utah had beaten USC uh, and Pate and and Utah put a bunch of points on Utah uh, and Pate was like you know I, I don't know if Utah found their offense Utah might have just found USC yeah uh, yeah <laughs> I mean I, I can certainly defend myself it, it may just be that USC's run defense is in fact that horrible. Although, uh, you know, Utah did just put up 55 points on Arizona State. Um, Further proof that we it, beat a legitimate team last week. Yeah, I guess. Um, or or that poor Kenny well, yeah, is... Uh, yeah. I didn't want to go there has, because I still got love for Kenny, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I, I you know, I, I wrote my, uh, my, my summer preview of... I, I thought that he... Uh, you know, I, I thought that he recognized the check. You know, if 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 Deion Sanders didn't do what Deion Sanders uh, did to the Colorado roster, 
like if he just didn't show up in Boulder and do that, um, or if like Rick George and, and the Colorado president like didn't um, rescind the like crazy anti-transfer rules that Colorado had been operating under um, uh, for years so that he couldn't do that. Like the person that everybody would be talking about in terms of bonkers roster turnover would be Kenny Dillingham. Cause he was like only 10 dudes fewer. Yeah. Um, than than Deion Sanders did and like and, and frankly appropriate like totally appropriate like that you know uh um and it, it was just like the problem that he you know the problem that he faced was that like the, you know the sign you know over his door no longer read you know Oregon Ducks or Florida State Seminoles or Auburn Tigers like yeah. the previous place he had worked like the sign over his door said Arizona State Sun Devils so he can't just like you know get blue chips to show up for like a, a, a zero year turnaround right. you know like like you, you know like just sort of the caliber of of players you know he got a few good you know I do think that he, he got a you know some some good guys like I, I th like I think he I think he knows the size of the project that he's doing it's just that like it, it's a it's a ship that's not going to turn as fast as some of the places that he's worked before. I don't think that means that he made a mistake. Like I, like I, I think that just means that like he's not going to be like just the structural constraints means he's not going to be able to turn as fast. No, 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 I'm like a I'm a week ahead of myself in terms of pre previewing Arizona State, but like, yeah, I, like I've got some sympathy for that project. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh. Yeah, I mean, like D Dylan Johnson running for a while was like 200 yards before contact. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was uh, it was a sight to see for sure, and it, it it certainly has Oregon fans licking their chops considering we know what we have in Bucky and our other running backs. Yeah, right. I mean, like those Nebraska teams in the 90s, you know. Like, why didn't those teams set those records? You know, <laughs> like when when they were playing like terrible teams to start. You know, like. Yeah, because like, <laughs> be, be, because like they weren't playing world historic, historically terrible defense. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, um, yeah, anyway, the the inflammatory uh, 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 take that you made, which I guess we'll talk about on this segment, um, since it was like the most recent article that you've written, uh, was you know, is Oregon the best team in the conference? You know, which. Like uh, you and John Wilner, uh, pot stirrers, uh, because John Wilner came out with his power rankings, uh, which had Oregon on top. Yeah. Um, and like, oh no, you know, uh, many many Washington fans on the internet um, who were very concerned about imaginary internet points. Uh, <laughs> You know, from a Bay Area writer uh, like who's who's not going to be covering them, you know, in, in in a few months' time, like are extraordinarily upset about where he's got Washington ranked in the you know early November in his like pointless power poll, like yeah, which right, which right. literally completely changes week to week, so. Right, exactly. And is like different than like an AP ballot, which is also irrelevant. And we live in the CFP era. And also it's just like, yeah, the, the number of people who give anyway. Uh, 
Your article was not about imaginary internet points. It was a uh, a serious discussion um, about like, hey, is Oregon actually, you know, yes, they have a loss, but is Oregon the best team in the conference, given that it appears to be a fairly, you know, complete team? And the other, you know, top teams in the conference, you know, what do they look like? And what do you see, you know, when you look around at the other teams in the conference, Adam? I mean, so it's just kind of what I said. And, you know, we'll go ahead and say that this week's hot take wasn't, again, wasn't super hot because there's a lot of points that you can look at and be like, okay, that, that actually makes sense. Of course, uh, you know, in, in I should hope that you're making points that would make sense. Adam. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I got I'm not I'm not employing you just to be incendiary. <laughs> I've been called out for that in the past. Um, but uh, yeah, just just so the, uh, the the Husky fans didn't get too upset. I actually st- prefaced the or the article by acknowledging that, yes, Washington did beat us. And, and you know, they, they, they won that game. They were the better team on that day. Ever since then, however, if you just at least look at the way both teams have been playing, it, it definitely looks like Oregon is the more complete team at this point. And the reason why I'm making this point. I mean, I think you could make an argument that Oregon was the more complete team in Seattle it, it, yeah. in October 14th. Yeah. It's just that the one dimension in which, you know, uh, uh, Washington, you know, was superior was, you know, that and, you know, various other extraneous, you know, or, or additional or supplementary factors. I shouldn't say extraneous. <laughs> I, I, I sh- that, that implies that they're irrelevant or, or secondary and they're not. I just mean that they're you know, outside the question of like the, the strict four corners of or quadrants of football, you know, various other supplementary factors like, you know, slippery field conditions, you know, officiating decisions, you yeah. know, fourth down luck, you know, field goal kicking, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, 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 you know, played into it such that like, you know, three point game decided on literally the last play. Yeah, I mean, it was just anyone's game. And I think the reason why I'm, why I'm really kind of delving into this again, the whole, you know, cause everyone's like, Oh, just why are you still talking about Oregon, Washington? It's over. The game was played last month because at this point it's, it's, it's almost a foregone conclusion. These two are going to play again. Um, I mean, it's, it, you know what I mean? Barring some incredibly wacky turn of events, it just really, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's in all likelihood going to happen again. Right. I mean, Washington would need to lose in order to get in, in order for Washington, not to make it to Las Vegas at this point, they would need to not only lose two games, but like, like the, you know, they'd need to lose to Utah. Utah would need to win out. Uh, like, I forget how it goes, yeah. but it's like, it's almost it's virtually impossible exactly. for Washington. That's why I'm just not kind of make- like assuming at this point that it'll be Oregon and Washington part three here. So right. <laughs> looking ahead to that, yeah. the, the reason why you, why, you know, that's- and then, you know, Oregon of course controls its own destiny, you know, as well, yeah. you know, Oregon's got one loss, but you know, it's to Washington, which given that they've already locked their place down more or less, yeah. you know, it w- would, and because they've already beat Utah, you know, basically if they beat USC, you know, given that Oregon state has played themselves out of it with their loss to Arizona, yeah. um, you know, like basically for Oregon, you know, Oregon would take would would also require a series of stunning upsets, yes. which to, to knock which is not going like, to happen. 
Um, I mean, it could. It's just well, like if we're I talking mean, about anything, anything could happen. But Oregon's not losing to USC and Arizona State, especially not after what we saw this weekend. And Oregon State, um, they're a lot better there than they have been in the past, and they're good. But the game's in Eugene. Uh, I just don't see yeah. them winning at Austin Stadium. Um, I also don't even really think they're as good as they. I mean, they're, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're tight. That's why I said they're better than they have been. You know what I mean? They're not, you know, some, yeah. but, but, but they're not, they're not winning it. But I mean, you're also right. Like that yeah. game just like, I mean, look at the history over the last 20 years. That game goes to the home team. Yeah. It's just kind of yeah. like crazy. Yeah. How we, we, we have our issues in, in Reeser. And so anytime a game's there, you kind of are like, oh shit, but they're not winning in Austin. Uh, it's, it's pro- probably going to, you know, it's, it's going to be Oregon and Washington again. And here's the thing to look at. Um, when, when you talk about, you know, rematches and stuff, the nice thing is that you can look at some of the things you did right and some of the things you did wrong. And so with, with Oregon, you know, uh, and, and you had pointed it out in some of our discussions that, you know, they kind, they kind of helped expose Washington as a one-dimensional team. A lot of people already knew that Washington was a one-dimensional team, but Oregon really exposed them as a one-dimensional team. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, the reason all these teams have been playing Washington so much better ever since that game was because of Oregon, but I'm not going to say that that had nothing to do with it either. I think the Ducks really were kind of able to like show, you know, if, if, if you can attack Washington at the line of scrimmage and stuff like that, if you can force the ball down their throat with a running game, things are different. You know what I mean? It's a different game against them. And so you see this. Well, and, and that the the entire team rises and falls with Michael Penix, yeah. which means like if he's if either you if either he is having an off night, like for example, if somebody cracked his ribs, uh, like for for example, if he started getting hit a hell of a lot more often than he normally does by a certain team that he played against in Seattle, um, uh you know, like being a one dimensional team means like they don't have anything else to fall back no. on. Like Michael Panic's like heroics. And when I say heroics, I don't mean like making something out of nothing. I mean like read my preview article of Washington, like him being able to like steely eyed, you know, even though pressure is coming, like make that throw anyway. Yeah. Like well he's the best yeah, he, like when he's I, the best passer in the country. And so like yeah, yeah I mean it's just it, it's amazing. Like when I say heroics, I genuinely like a lot of times when heroics is, I get maybe I should have used a different word, but like it's sort of used semi disparagingly, like you know, uh, oh, we should have got you, but it was only due to this, like, really, oh, you just lucked out is what people really mm-hmm. mean by that. Like, no, I really mean like heroic. Like, I think like he kind of like he's amazing. Oh yeah, um, I mean, I mean, like some of the he, stuff, he made like, the play, he won the game. You know. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's genuinely amazing, you know, stuff, stuff where like the pressure, you know, pressure is coming or whatever. Like he know, you know, he needs to make that throw and he doesn't drop his eyes. He doesn't scramble. He doesn't, you know, do it. Like he makes the correct throw accurately with, you know, with power, um, you know, often uh, sort of off platform as he's falling away. Like it's, it's like genuinely in the, in the, in the sincere use of the term like heroic um and but yeah like if he's not a hundred percent yeah and 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 the the question is too you know what i mean is is how much more can you get after him you know how much more how much more do you do you you know apply pressure um that's i mean that's up for debate you know you can win some you can lose some with that Uh, if you get to him if you bully him a little bit then it changes the whole game for him uh, but if you don't, uh, you know, he can take advantage of a split second. 
Um, and I mean, it's like, I'm not suggesting like, Hey, game plan, injure a player. No, like not. I like that's good. You want to try and like, up I am, I am saying that that's probably the best explanation for them playing, you know, yeah. Arizona state and Stanford are bad teams. Like the best explanation for, you know, one of the best teams in the conference suddenly playing super tight games, you know, like against Arizona state, they didn't play, they didn't score an offensive touchdown. The best explanation for that is that there's something, you know, malfunctioning with the quarterback. Yeah. Like I'm just trying to provide an explanation, not like a, I'm not trying to provide a suggestion <laughs> for God's sakes. Like, please don't anybody, I do not put bounties on no, kids. No, like, uh, but of course, but at the same time you want to get after the quarterback, you want to hit him. You want to make it think. Sure. So, yeah. Um, you know, and then when you just look at that on, you know, on both sides of the ball, it, it just, especially with Oregon's pass rush, uh, with, with Brandon Dorless and even Hugo Lele coming into his own, I know he, you know, he sat, oh, sure. sat out as a precaution, but you know, he's, he's a five-star edge rusher for a reason. And, you know, he showed that. And, and so like the, the more pressure, I mean, everybody's been like, you know, uh, uh, uh purchase and, uh, and, and, oh yeah, uh, Tuyati and Birch and I mean, like yeah. it's it's deep. It's a deep they're line, after, man. Like they're getting Marion Winston. I mean, and yeah. then you have you know you have an indoor game in an environment where <clears throat> at least you would think it, it, it'll be it'll be fifty fifty. It may may well be more Duck fans. They they travel. They tend to travel a little better than Husky fans. Um, you know what I mean? Like. Washington was given the three-point edge strictly because they were playing at home. Anybody who's ever seen a game at Husky Stadium knows that it's a lot like Alton Stadium. It really is one of the tougher places to play in the country. This would be in a neutral site in an indoor game where weather is not a factor. Crowd is not necessarily a factor. It's just mono e mono. And when it comes down to that, again, I, I just, at least from what I've seen the last few weeks, Oregon looks like the more complete team on both sides of the ball offensively and defensively. The other thing that I'll note about like, you know, the trajectories of those teams sort of since um, that game is that, you know, and I had been noting this, you know, from the beginning, it's not like I needed to come up with this narrative. Like I've been since the Portland state game, I've been writing about this uh, is that, you know, Oregon, uh, uh, the, the offensive line, um, it, it, like the, the, you know, Oregon's run blocking the offensive line. I mean, go back and read my uh, post Portland state, film review article in which even though Oregon put up 81 points on the Vikings, that article has a bunch of clips in it specifically regarding the run blocking. The pass blocking has been great since the get-go, but the run blocking for the offensive line, I have been like, you know, talking about like, Hey guys, like th this was a mess, you know, this was, this was not good run blocking and like it contributes to why the Texas tech game was close, you know, uh, uh, et cetera, where like, you know, it's sort of, it's a new ish, uh, offensive line. Like the, they were all experienced guys, but sort of like not with each other. And as anybody who knows anything about football will tell you like the, the you know, the most, or one of the most important factors with offensive line play, particularly run blocking, which is sort of, uh, you know, you, you, you got, you all, you ought to all be pulling the same way. Right. It's like gelling. It's like tying yeah, together, familiarity. you know, 
right you know whereas pass blocking is a little bit more individualistic it's like i need to, to pick up this dude and just concentrate on this dude whereas the run blocking is like okay i'm doing this guy and you're picking up that guy and i need to step away this way because this guy's pulling behind me so i can't stick my foot out that way because it'll trip him while he's pulling behind me you know that kind of thing like yeah it totally like it all makes sense but also like their trajectory is up like i like again read my articles every week i'm talking about how the run blocking grade notch up each week yeah. and it's not like they're playing weaker and weaker run defenses each week it varies from week to week but the run blocking grades go up each week and uh and and it's like that their their run blocking grades against utah were better than their run blocking grades against wazoo do, do you think that utah has a worse run defense than wazoo <laughs> I, no, I, I'm it's assuming just that's the, a rhetorical question. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, your laugh answered the question whether it was or not. Um, it, no, it's it like it's just a factor. And and the run blocking grades against Texas Tech were better than against Portland State. I know they put up 81 points against Portland State, and they put up you know fewer than that. I forget what it is against Texas Tech. But like I I look, man, I I grade I grade players not. I don't just look at the flipping scoreboard, you know, no, that's like, my job. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, like the, 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 you know, even if the play, like even if the running back makes a successful play or even if the quarterback manages to get the pass off, if you as the lineman screw up your block, you still get a frowny face on my tally sheet. Sure. You know, that's what I'm talking about with like blocking grades. Um, and, and others, like that's how I do all the evaluations, but I'm, I'm just talking about the offensive line right now. Um, like, do, do you think that Texas Tech is a worse run defense than Portland State? You know, no. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just a factor of time. Every week they get better, you know, because it's just a factor of time. So, like, okay, so by week 14, which is when the conference championship game is. That line is will be. Yeah, that, that line will be the strongest it will be all year. Well, and, and, until they play the next yeah. game. Um <laughs> And on top of that, because they've been rotating in, Iapani Lalaulu, um, you know, is their sixth man, you know, regularly. And Nishad Struthers has been coming in garbage time, you know, to, to potentially be their seventh man. And Stephen Jones can swing out and play tackle because he's actually built like a tackle and probably should be playing that position in a fair world. You know, like it's a deep line, right? Like they're experienced at multiple, you know, they, they've been deliberately building out depth. Um, so that like their, their experience, they've been gelling, they've been playing with one another, you know, not just like the guys that like, you know, the, the guys on the bench or the guys who only come in for a couple of plays, like, like, uh, like the, the uh, Faope, you know, the, the older brother who comes in for a couple of plays, you know, when they go to the, 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 the jumbo set on the goal line, you know, like all these guys have been playing together. They're deep. They can survive an injury, you know, and still enjoy all of that gelling benefit. So like, uh, like this line only gets stronger. Like this team only gets better, you know, as time goes yeah. on. Whereas, what's happened to Washington over time? And what's happened to USC over time? Yeah. And what's happened to Utah over time? Like every other team in the conference that are that's been like, what's happened to UCLA over time? Which was like, UCLA was the team that I was like, this team's going to like stumble their way, 
like they're going to fall backwards into the Pac-12 championship because their schedule was yeah, so soft because yeah. they didn't play Oregon or Washington. Well, but the other thing that I wrote about them was that, you know, but Chip Kelly is not going to know how to deal with Dante Moore, and I bet they're going to wind up pulling him. Um, it, you know, and then look, Chip Kelly wound up doing exactly that. And then injured, injured fell- quarterbacks and an upset in Tucson. Chip Kelly knows nothing about that. Yeah. <laughs> but like <laughs> Sorry, his quarterback. Is his court yeah yes number one yes and number two like his quarterback situation was of his own making and it was happening to him from day one uh you know it was what well before that like and, and, you know but all these different all these different teams that were like alternate contenders you know for yeah the the the, the pac-12 title race they don't get stronger no. over time they get weaker over time because unlike Oregon that built their, that built their depth, right? Like that's why I do my roster reviews over the summer. And that's why, you know, Hey, everybody who maybe like sleeps through those articles, like, you know why I'm writing them? I'm writing them to talk about depth. I'm writing them to talk about November. (laughs) I'm writing them. I'm, 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 you know, I'm I'm writing stuff in May and June in order to talk about the games that are played in November because I'm examining depth. And Oregon is a team that gets stronger because they pay attention to their depth. And every other team in the conference that doesn't, they get weaker. More, more right. yeah, more, more, more proof that um, you know statistics mean something in sports. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, and 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 going deep yeah. is 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 rewarding, and you can make predictions when you use a, a comprehensive, comprehensive charting, a methodologically rigorous data analysis, and talking to knowledgeable people who are intellectually honest and will call you out when you know you've made mistakes. You know, because I do, and uh, and and having intellectually honest people to talk to is the most valuable thing in the world. Uh, uh, and I appreciate John Adam um, for doing that for me. Um, uh, uh, but you know, so so let me ask you that: Do you think that's a fair take? Do you think that Oregon has gotten like genuinely stronger? Absolutely. Over the- absolutely. This is not the same team that was in Lubbock, Texas. Um, you sure. see, you see improvement all across the board. Um, I mean, not just the offense, the defense oh, yeah, too. Would you say the defense? The defense has been has like, been for example, the, I, I, the, I, the defense is. Look at all the freshmen on the defense. You mentioned one, Matayo Uyunglele, but what about Blake Purchase? Oh, yeah. What about uh, Marion Winston, who's a redshirt freshman? Yeah. What about uh, uh, Tatum Tuiati, who's a true? freshman? You know who else I'm going to throw out a shout to? Who I loved when he signed with us, and now he's 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 doing due diligence as uh, Julio Florence. Great. Yeah. yeah. Great example. <laughs> or what about uh, Justin Jacobs uh-huh. who missed the first, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, eight, eight weeks of the year. We didn't see him until the wazoo yeah. game. And then all of a sudden he just right? explodes onto the scene. Right. Exactly. Or, or, or can get stronger. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. Read, read, read his articles. He's, he's the uh, statistical uh, Oracle of this website. So listen to it. Um, and, and yeah, I know I agree. And, and so that's, you know, it's funny because it's like, if I have a hot take where I'm where I'm yelling and whining and complaining about something with Oregon, my absolute favorite thing to see 
is when the Ducks prove me wrong later on. You know what I mean? Is when they make my hot take look like hot garbage later on. And in week two, I went on a, a big rant about their about their defense, giving up all those points to, you know, lowly Texas Tech and whatnot. And, you know, look how their defense has been. Their defense has been as stout as you can be, yeah. you know? And and it's just like, it's it, it's wonderful to see because this is like exactly what you said. It's it's gelling together. It's, you know, learning to play together. It's getting people healthy understanding depth and rotation and everything that happens when, as the season goes on, it's not how you start a season. It's how you finish. Look at 2021 majority of that season. We were right there in the driver's seat to go to the college football playoff. And then we just completely fell to pieces at the end of the season, at least what seems to be in, on a late, on a late trip to Arizona yeah. state. So, and hey, so it's let's, just uh, like, let's start knocking on everybody. Then sound of my voice, start knocking on wood. Oh yeah. Well, we're knocking here. At, but, uh, Adam, knock on your head. If it's- um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel a little less scared after seeing what Utah just did to them. Uh, but, you know, you never know. Uh, still, the fact of the matter is, yes, Oregon, Oregon has continued to get better and better. And what I love is that that loss to Washington didn't derail them. It just kind of like strengthened their resolve. And I mentioned that in my article that you see that sometimes, that when you have like a high profile matchup between two teams, and, you know, the one that the one that gets the better of it and survives is kind of like, oh, shit. OK, we made it through. Woo wee. Oh, oh, that was our biggest test. All right. And then they get a little kind of like tentative. OK, we're the top dog now. Everybody's gunning for us. Whereas, you know, the one that, that, that just missed it is a little more pissed. And they're like, damn it, we had it. We were the better team. We should have won that. Let's go out and, 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 and prove this. And that's that's in in in. No less. That's, that's that's what you're seeing with Oregon right now. They're they're the more they're the more resolved team at this point. They look like they have the stronger resolve right now. Or like Noah Whittington, you know, ha- how many teams lose a running back of Noah Whittington's caliber and and don't miss a beat, you know, because they put in you know a, a, a second year you know running back like Jordan James, and it's like oh this is fine. Yep. The depth, because yeah, because you know, depth Oregon's recruiting, depth. you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, God bless Noah Winnington. I'm not trying to trivialize his injury, you know, by any stretch. No, um, not at all. I, I, we, we we love I, Noah, I, and we want to have him on the field. I believe it happened early enough that he can take a a, a, a medical red shirt and and, um, and and maybe come back. Well, we'll we'll yeah. see. I, I I sure would like to see him in a duck no, uniform. No, yeah, I mean you I, never you know you never don't want some of your best players to play, but it, it sure. kind of reminds me of two thousand nine. You know, Legarrette Blunt out there socking people in the face, getting you know thrown yeah. out of the game and everything, and we're like, what the hell are we going to do now? Blunt was our our man. He was a, you know, and then Barner and James just absolutely explode onto the scene and it's like yeah, all right sure. you know that's that's what you want to see next man up it's yeah. not it's not just a catchphrase yeah i mean like you know we're looking ahead a little bit i mean that's another thing that i've been noticing uh you know uh, about this team is that like they you know they they genuinely are doing like planning for 2024 in the middle of 2023 yeah. like i'm definitely seeing you know not just in garbage time but during like meaningful play they're rotating in players oh, yeah. that and ty thompson that, that they mind you sure. i'm starting to actually be like okay ty thompson you're 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 getting some reps in i'm seeing yeah. some stuff from you now i'm starting to feel better like about I- this 
but like I, I already mentioned Poncho, yeah. you know, on the offensive line. I already mentioned all those. Days. Like that was the the number one like gut royally for me over the summer. Like everybody else was freaking out about the tight end room, and I was like, no, no, no tight end room is going to be fine. What's freaking me out is all these freshmen on the defensive line because like most other teams would. It's like they're you know they, they would have three layers, right? Like you know you'd have your veterans on the top. You know Oregon checked that box. They had you know Birch super experienced, Dorless super experienced. Uh, you know, Mace Funa, super experienced, yeah. right? And then they would have your, you know, talented freshman on the bottom. Or obviously, Oregon had that. I don't need to list all those guys. But then in the middle, they'd be like, okay, we need to, you know, we don't have those guys because, you know, they, they all hit the portal and left because, well, well we they know followed Mario right. down to Florida, but. <laughs> or, yeah, or that. Um, uh, yeah. So, like, w- what should you do about that? Well, uh, most teams in this day and age would like, uh, t- you know, t- take some take some transfers, you know, some like, you know, let's get some juniors out of the transfer portal who are like mid three stars. Uh, you know, that doesn't really fit the t- tra- t- talent profile of this squad, but like they have some experience and and whatever, you know, that they're we just want them for the middle layer of the team. So that's OK. Um Oregon didn't do that. They were like, no, we're just going to have another layer of talented true freshmen. Yeah. And I was Which like, is even better mm-hmm. because then you have that for well, the future, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's in, in long term, sure. Um, short term, like for 2023, I was like, don't mm, worry about this it. This is making me nervous. <laughs> Well, it's not making me nervous now, you know, like I'm happy about this you know, I'm happy about this for 2023 and I'm ecstatic about this for 2024 and beyond, you know, especially the big 10, we, we, we need it. Right. Right. And, and, and not just for those players, but also like, you don't think that helps with recruiting? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Telling defensive linemen, Hey guys, you know, we didn't, you know, recruit over or, you know, we didn't go, you know, go, go fetch, you know, portal players over you to tell you to sit on the bench, you know, or, you know, our recruits, we had our recruits play, you know? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I did that. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, so should, should should you know we 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 know where this is shaping up. You know, I, I think your article was a bit incendiary, but not off base. Um, you know, Oregon is is shaping up at least to be one of the top two teams in the conference. Oh, you know, then I think I think they, most of be, us here they'll need the to site, prove it on Saturday. Most of us here at the site knew knew in in July that it was going to be Oregon Washington for the Pac-12 championship, despite the national media trying to hype up USC like they always do and whatnot. Well, we'll we'll talk about USC on on uh, the next uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, l- let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, let's talk about some men's basketball. Yeah, let's get into it. Long. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So as we have been recording this, uh, uh, Oregon men's basketball has uh, been playing against the University of Georgia. Um, they're possessing a fairly commanding lead for most of the game. It was 45 seconds left now. Oregon leads by eight. Uh, I sure hope Dana Ullman doesn't blow this in the middle of this podcast. Yeah, um, Dana. Give us, give us something uh, to talk about here. Uh, Oregon is having to deal with like some last-minute like crazy injuries. Yeah, um, Jackson Shellstad is out. Mookie Cook was out. Um, there was some, there were some reports at the last minute that Cousinard and Don and Folly Dante might be out, but they've been playing. Um, what have you, what do you think you're going to be writing up this game, you know, when it's over, what, what have you been seeing? Um, I mean, first and foremost, Oregon is big. They're a big team. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, they're like towering yeah, over Georgia. You're just it's like, wow, crazy. this is a big team. Um, <laughs> and so that's, that's, that's never going to hurt things. Um, what the, the, the thing that I noticed right off the bat that I know you and I, uh, spent a, a lot of time last year, uh, uh, moaning and griming about is, is that they weren't attacking the hoop and guess yeah. what they started doing today. They started attacking the hoop and guess what? It yielded good results. Um, I think that that's, uh, that's great to see, um, when you have a size advantage like that, um, even some of the smaller guards are able to kind of like take advantage of that, weave their way through the trees, get to the cup. Um, hopefully that that's, the, you know, that's, that's a pattern we see throughout the season. Again, this is just the very first game. It's tough to really gauge a lot. Uh, Oregon's definitely got to be healthy. I am just chomping at the bit to see Cook and Shellstad. I, I'm so excited to watch them play. So hopefully, you know what I mean? As, as soon as those guys sure. can get out on the floor, they get out. Um, but uh, yeah, from from everything I saw today, Oregon Oregon looks like a, a a very big and a very like experienced team, you know. And so that's that's one thing that I covered in the, you know in the summer doldrums was like Oregon's bringing in a good mix. They have these you know talented you know four and five. I mean, essentially at this point, you know, Shellstab was in, in all by all means a, a five star. So you you basically have like a treat. Oh, Cousinard just ended it. Oh, that was pretty. <laughs> All right, so we have, we're official. We're official. Um, just ended on a steal and a dunk. There yeah, go, there you go. He he was actually net negative for his floor time. I think until that dunk. Yeah, he didn't. Oh no, he still he still wound up net negative, but only he didn't, yeah, he didn't. Too, whatever. He didn't completely look like himself today, but uh, I mean, process. I mean, he had he had like a concussion yeah, or something uh, yeah. like that. I mean, I mean, whatever. He's Oregon's second leading scorer. Like, yeah, but prop, props to him for gutting it out. Um. But yeah, it's it's you know the the brand new talent along with the uh, with, with with the veteran players that you know Oregon's had, particularly Dante. Um, I I was I was shocked that Dante you know was coming back at all. I thought you know after last season yeah. he had proven himself yeah, ready ready play. for the NBA. But heck, Dante had twenty one rebounds. Yeah, in I mean game. the guy is becoming an absolute like, beast. That's, like, that was that was. The- <laughs> That was the size of the yeah. match that oh, Oregon yeah. had. And, so, and and that was with that was he wasn't like splitting time back and forth with Biddle either. Yeah. Like he and Biddle were on the floor a lot at the oh, same yeah. time. He had twenty seven minutes and Biddle had Yeah, no, you minutes. got the twin towers there. And the nice thing is that is yeah. that is that Biddle is a spacer, you know. He's he's like a yeah. stretch five. So uh, 
I don't know. Uh, at least, at least from everything I've, you know, I saw how they played together today. It looked good. Obviously, there's a lot of basketball left to be played, and uh, we, we we have still more talent to get onto the floor. I like what I saw so far, though. I liked it, um, and I, I definitely think that um, having like that twin tower combo, and then at least seeing you know Evans, Kwame Evans get out on the floor. I mean, you know, he he looked like he'll be like a consistent contributor. He looked just like he'll fit right into the system. Um, so, yeah. uh, and Riggs, I, I like Brendan Rigsby, Rigsby off the I was going to say, good Lord. Okay. I yeah. <laughs> Starting to like this guy. I mean, like Kwame Evans is very like exciting, but like, I mean, Rigsby's got like three years. Yeah. Him as oh, well. yeah. You know, like there, there was just like a whole lot of vets. Like there was a lot of like canny stuff. He's like, you know, he, he hit a couple of threes, you know, he, he nailed both of his free throws, you know, it's just like, you know, it's just like, like, look, look at Rigsby's stat line, just your classic sixth man's oh, you know, yeah. stat line. You know, he he goes six from nine from the floor, couple of threes, couple of free throws. He gets six rebounds. He gets three assists. He's just like, oh man, you know, classic sixth man oh, stat yeah. line. Love you it. Know, plus, you know, and his plus minus is is positive eleven. Yeah. You know, like yeah, there's a six. Yeah, that is that is a six man, and <laughs> he's yeah, that's that that's going to be a weapon off the bench for Oregon. Um, as much as we talked about the size. And the, and the advantage that they're going to have on the inside, um, you know, guard play is always going to come come into into the topic. And, you know, you don't have Shellstad on the floor yet. Um, and so, yeah, you know, you're looking at Kuznard and, you know, you're looking at Bartholomew and you're, you know, you're looking at Rigsby and you're like, yeah. oh, geez, OK, yeah, we got we got some guards in the rotation. We're looking pretty good. And and the, the okay, so the crazy thing is the defensive stats. Like I, I don't know, like okay, so check out the defensive stats on uh, Zarzuela and and Bartholomew. Like first of all, these guys, I mean, they they shot like crap from the floor, um, and from the free throw line. Like Zarzuela shoots one for six from the floor. He has he has three yeah. points, um, because he only got one of his two free throws. Um, yeah. Bartholomew shoots two for ten from the floor uh you know uh and yet they're plus my and, and like they record like very little in ways of defensive stats i mean zarzuela gets five you know rebounds but like no blocks you know uh zarzuela gets like one steal you know like the uh, uh but four turnovers yeah. for zarzuela right He's and they're plus right and they're plus minus you know so again Zerzuela scores three points shooting one for six. Bartholomew scores eight points shooting two for 10. And yet their plus minus with 30 minutes and 25 minutes respectively is 11 and 10. Yeah. That means that those are defensive forces, yeah. right? 100%. Like th th those are whirlwinds of arms. Yeah. Like, and here's the thing. When it comes to defense and basketball, um, there's statistics and then there's at least what I like to call, like like I said before, disruption, defensive disruption. Yeah. Okay, disruption will not make it into the stat book, but disruption is is stuff like forcing someone to go to a side they don't want to go to, right. making someone yeah. uncomfortable, hounding them, uh, you know, getting in their head, like you know, making them double think the shot they're trying to take, making them make an errant pass that they shouldn't be making. I mean, if you if you ever want an example of it. I mean, I know Oregon fans love to go back and replay this game just for the hell of it, but watch Oregon's uh, 2017 matchup against Kansas and, you know, in the Elite Eight. Um, uh -huh. 
you know, yeah. you, you have yeah. Bell swatting shots everywhere. But aside from the from the blocking, Bell was in their heads. He was disrupting everything they wanted to do because they were like almost scared to go near him. And like when you have, you know, guys like that that are just like defensive disruptors, it just completely changes, you know, the game plan of, of, of everything the opponent wants to do. Because they're like, this is what we want to do. And these guys just flat out aren't letting us do it. And so then they have to adjust on the fly. And you see that happen. And I, and I love it. I love seeing players like that out on the floor. Yeah. No, you're, I mean, that's, you know, anybody who's like, oh, I, I want to look at, you know, uh, you, you know, I, uh, I, yeah, I just think most of the defensive, like, you know, box score stats are like so 20th century. Like, yeah. you, you really, like, I, I really feel like plus minus versus, um, you know, plus minus versus points is probably your best, you know, way of looking on the other hand, like, and then the other thing I just want to point out from the advanced box score is, uh, is, uh, points in the paint. Yeah. Uh, 48, you know, like Oregon score is 82 points and, uh, and, and points in the paint is 48, like more, you know, more than half their points yeah. come in the paint, you know, to your point about, uh, uh, about like driving to the hoop, you know, which is awesome. Meanwhile, look at Georgia. Georgia scores 71 points. Adam, you want to guess how many points they get from the paint? <laughs> Significant. 20. <laughs> 20. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's the like Georgia's, right Georgia's only scoring points from the perimeter yeah. or from like jump shots. Right. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's the kind of like, that's the kind of performance. And like, and, and like, look, look at Georgia, you know, pull up you know, Georgia's box score, like er, literally every single one of their players, except for one bench player who was in for 21 minutes has a net negative, uh, uh, plus minus like, yeah. Yep. Defensive, yeah. defensive presence. Love to see it. Yeah, I dig it. All right. You're going to be writing up this article, so I, I will, I'll stop taking all your, <laughs> all your cool stuff to write about. Um, Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Oregon's game against Cal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, uh, uh, Oregon defeated the California Golden Bears, uh, perhaps uh, for the last time for a while. Uh, took the lead in the series, which I believe was tied forty-two to forty-two, yes. or, or finally on or, our way on our way out, out we finally get the lead in the series. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I don't know, like may, maybe they'll schedule it as a non-conference. It's not like the schools move. It's still oh a, sure, a I can I can threat. see that happening. Playing playing. Uh, former Pac-12 schools non-conference quite a bit. It just sort of, it just sort of flips the, you know, like when conferences made geographical sense, your (laughs) non-conference games is where, is, is where your travel games and your country. Imagine that. Right. And your conference games were the local ones. And now like the conferences don't make sense. Yeah. Your conference games are when you hop on an airplane and your non-conference games are when you get to take a break and just take a bus or something. Yes. You know, we'll have a fun or, extended yeah. summer. 
Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, um, it was funny. I, I met up with the, the right for Cal guys at the stadium and, uh, they were like, you should come, you know, you should come down to Berkeley, uh, and, and watch, uh, uh, um, Ber- cause, cause the, the ACC schedule dropped for 2024 mm-hmm. and, uh, and Cal hosts Miami Ooh, next year. There you go. And they're like, come see Cristobal, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, he'll, he'll screw up the yeah, game and uh, you'll, you'll get to root for Cal <laughs> against Cristobal. Like what could be a better, yeah, why not? Be Berkeley's a, Berkeley's was like, a beautiful place going down there. It is. I up, love Berkeley. Get up the Tightwater Hill and check it out. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Like, uh, yeah, no, hang out on Telegraph and then see Mario Cristobal blow again. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great weekend, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, um. Uh, yeah, it was an enjoyable game, uh, despite the, uh, I mean, I, obviously it never rains in Hudson stadium, but the, for some reason the, the ball was somewhat, yeah, wet. I know. I don't know what that um, was all about. It was, it was more wet in the beginning <laughs> of the game. It, it, it got it, it towards the end of the first quarter, it dried up a little bit. And then in the beginning of the second quarter, it, it sort of like it blustered back up again and then it quickly died off. Yeah. Um, and then basically from about the middle of the second quarter to the rest of the game, it was effectively like, I mean, like a, a like a little, like a tiny, you know, little bit here or there. I Welcome to November's to like- in the Pacific Northwest, people. Yeah, but I mean, it was effectively like n- normal conditions. Yeah. Like you didn't have to. I don't think the team was having to make any sort of. No, it was. And it was. It was not like it was ten years ago. That's for sure. Yeah, like it certainly. Yeah, it wasn't that. I do think you know. I. I. You know. I. I completed reviewing the game. I. I still have to write the article this afternoon. But like, I. I completed the review, and there are obviously several plays in the game in which, like, the wet ball affects it um and then there's also sort of beyond that i think like oregon there there's like a little bit of like oregon by my count oregon on offense had 20 uh uh, failed plays you know they they had way more successful plays than that but 20 failed plays uh like i attributed four of those to the weather conditions which like that's you know sort of unique circumstances um I, I thought four of them were on poor blocking. Two of them were just, you know, the defense had good coverage. Yeah. You know, you just sort of that that's fine. Uh, five of them were on Knicks making a mistake, which like that's about. Well, OK, look, four on poor blocking is about one more than expected, given the g- given this matchup. It I would have expected three. Yeah. Uh, five mistakes by Knicks, given this matchup, I would have expected four. Yeah. There were two plays that Stein, like I hadn't seen before. Uh, he, he called a, a several plays that I hadn't seen before, but two of them like didn't work. And I, I was like, how is that play supposed to work? Like, and I was like genuinely scratching my head. I, I'm not positive. Like I would have liked to see that. Like I saw them live in the stadium and I didn't understand them. And then I saw them on the tape and I was like, this is worse. <laughs> like the, the camera angle is too tight. Yeah. Like, and so like, I'm, I don't, exactly want to throw him under the bus you know because like i'm not totally positive about it but like still i was like how could this play work anyway so that's like one more than like uh, um and then like three plays that were called back on penalties um uh, prior to garbage time there was another one i know that, that was called back on a penalty yeah. um that happened in garbage time, but I'm not talking about that. Um, I, I think two, I think one of them that was called back on a holding call, the one on Steven Jones was like ticky tack. I, I don't, 
I was I wasn't real wild about that one from the refs, but the the other two, the offensive pass interference and the one on Connerly, like I, I went and watched that film. The, those were appropriate flags by the refs, which that's like one more flag than is expected. So like in each of those, so like that's a normal distribution, yeah. right? Like uh, uh, blocking. Uh, quarterback error, weird play penalty. Like that's about a normal distribution, but in each of those four categories, it's like one more than was, than would be expected. Sure. So and for the second com- time so of like, the season, we had a Bo Nix interception that probably shouldn't have been an interception where he just bounces well, around yeah. and just randomly. Right. I, but that, but, but that one I, I put in the weather yeah. category because like I, 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 yeah, that, that one is just like, it's clearly just because that happened at the very beginning of the game where the ball is, just, I mean, it's just like it bounces off of Tez Johnson's hands. Tez Johnson has the game of his life. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with Tez Johnson. Nothing wrong with the, with you the know, brotherly like, connection between those two. That was just a, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, obviously, in hindsight, you know, to, to say like, oh, Tez Johnson's a bum, you know, or whatever. Like, no, nah, I mean, obviously, that was the the the, weird, the cow bear tears all over the ball that caused that. And I'm like, or the other one, which also was Tez Johnson, like the ball, like they snapped it and it hit him in the shins. Yeah. You know, it's because when he goes on his, what happens is he's supposed to go into motion, you know, prior to the snap. Well, he slips a little bit. And so he's slightly late. And so he's, he's like about a half step behind where he's supposed to be when the ball is snapped. And that's why it hits him. And that's why that fumble occurs. So again, it's weather conditions. Um, so like, you know, they're freak plays. I don't read anything into them. Um, uh, and as it happens, it means that the game lasted longer prior to garbage time than it probably would have absent those freak plays. And so therefore, Oregon accumulates more great plays. Yeah. And so actually, <laughs> from a stat, you know, from me gathering stats to go into Oregon's like season long book, like it actually winds up being better for, yeah. you know, like there in a go. weird way. But anyway, my point being... Four weird plays on weather conditions plus another like four extra plays on what I'll just call sloppiness, right? Like one extra Nick's bad decision, one extra bad block, one extra weird play call, one extra penalty, like the over expectation, you know, because expectation is not perfection. That That's stupid. This is college football, um, uh, you know, so, so therefore like sloppiness. Yeah. You know, like I, I would characterize this game as like there's a li- just a little bit more sloppiness, sure. you know, than the from the offense than 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 um than is like the 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 nominal perform. Not again, perfection is not you know the expected, but like what what would be the nominal yeah. performance? Well, I mean, it was kind of expected, you know. You and got, you Oregon got, you got still or... wins by sixty three yeah, to I mean. nine. If we're going to win like, our sloppy games by forty plus, well, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the state of the team, you know, and, and where, and, and the last two are by like, I'm not joking. I was watching this. It was like, you know, freshmen and walk on like a couple of walk ons on the offensive line, you know, like I know like a couple of the starters were in, but it was a mix of like a couple starters, a couple of twos, a couple of threes, a couple of freshmen and a couple of walk ons on the line, you know, like against Cal's ones. Like I, yeah. I'm, familiar with Cal's roster like they they didn't have their 
you know, it wasn't their freshmen and walk-ons, yeah. you know, on the defense. And, like, Cal couldn't stop them, you know, like. Yeah. Which just goes That's, back to what we were talking about earlier with that depth and that. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's that's the you know that's the state of things. Um, you know, I I also think like I'll say this, you know, Autzen helps. You know, like the, the fact that like Oregon doesn't have to do like extraordinary measures to get the snap count off on offense. There's a reason why they lost like one game there in the last six years. Yeah. You know, there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Autzen definitely messed with Cal. Uh, on when when Cal was on offense, you know, like there's Cal, Cal encounters the standard Autzen Stadium problems, and they have a young quarterback. You know, hey, hey, man, like uh, they know, they always know. think they can handle it till they get there. I mean, I'm <laughs> I, I actually rather like Mendoza. Yeah, no, I, I actually, too, you know, yeah. he, I uh, good good honestly good for him. Like, uh, you know, all, all told, like I. I, I mean, I know what the box score says, and I, I watched his performance. I'm not trying to say that, like, you know, he he, he played a phenomenal game or, or anything, but, like, all things considered, uh, hey, good for him. Yeah. You know, honestly, like, he did, he, I've been he, watching he, all He these. did okay with what he had to work with. Yeah. You know, honestly, like, and honestly, the other thing is, like, hey, Cal, how did you not figure this one out in game one? You know, how did you not figure out that was the best quarterback that you had? Yeah. Anyway. I mean, at the end of the day, the most important thing was that, that, uh, Jimmy and Thomas was okay. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been, uh, in, in case, uh, in know, case was... nobody had heard, he's back on his feet walking and, and heading home to the Bay area. So he's, he's all right. Yeah. Well, while, uh, while we were walking back to the, the shuttle bus, that, I mean, that was the thing was the right for Cal guys are usually my best source on that and they were all at the stadium so they were as in the dark as 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 i was and so you know i was like hey do you have any sources and i'm like no i don't have any sources in the hospital <laughs> yeah, like exactly. I'm, I'm the editor of a website I'm, <laughs> I'm what do you think like, we are cnn here yeah it's like i'm not a gumshoe like i, I am a film reviewer man like I, I, I tell a bunch of other bums what to write about <laughs> well geez um, thanks <laughs> I mean, where does the lie? Um, uh, let's see. Um, I mean, like uh, the the stats all look. I mean, the only the only red on my you know on my tally sheet is Oregon did give up uh, about a nineteen percent explosive passing rate, which is there. There's one. I, I just while well, I'm thinking out loud, there's one thing that I noticed that was weird about this, and like I flagged this in my preview article, which is. Uh, Cal's passing game under Mendoza, like you have to like look at at Cal as like a bef you know uh, b before and after, and like and just sort of like throw their offensive stats before Mendoza out the door, yeah. Um, because like it's a different offense. I mean, really, like it's a different set of receiver. Like everything about their offense is, is is substantially different. And on top of that, like I feel like the mistake a lot of teams make is taking their running game too seriously and not taking their passing game seriously enough. And, uh, and doing so sort of sets up their passing game. Yeah. And I must say, I think I detected Oregon making sort of the same mistake. Um, now it doesn't, it didn't really matter, you know, because just talent well, disparity, but it could matter. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
you know, in here, if you could see me, I am gesturing to the entire game. Um, but like, I, I, I had some criticism for the defensive strategy, you know, in which I sort of felt like they were falling into the same trap. I mean, not as badly as USC, obviously, but just like, I felt like they had like, they had more dudes in the box than they probably needed. Um, and, and like they, and I don't understand this. I, I, I tried to ask somebody, you know, this question, um, who might've known the answer. And he basically said, I don't know the answer. And so I'm never going to get an answer, which was why Nico Reed wasn't really playing. He played like nine snaps in this game and, uh, you know, pretty sparingly. And instead Taishim Johnson was playing in, in what effectively, like if effectively Taishim Johnson took all of Nico Reed's snaps. Yeah. And, and Taishim Johnson was exclusively playing over Tron Grizel. Tron Grizel is like friend, friend, uh, Fernando's Mendoza's buddy. The reason is, as we were talking to Rob Wong, uh, the right for Cal writer whom we've been talking to for like six years now, I really love Rob. Uh, um, the, they were running the scout team together. Like that's what happened when, when Cal made this change, you know what their change is? They, they let the scout team take over the team. All these dudes that took over, like all the receivers who took over the program, Andries and Grizel and, and Mendoza, the quarterback, you know what that is? The, those are the scout team heroes. Yeah. The scout team took over the offense. So like, that's why all those passes are going to Grizel and injuries from Mendoza is because that's what, that's what the scout team has been doing for two years has been those guys. So like, so, so yeah, that's what all those throws were. It's like, I was like the whole time I was like, the throw is going to Grizel. The throw is going to Grizel. The throw is going to Grizel. Oh, the throw is going to Grizel. Oh, it's my <laughs> idea. And like who was covering Grizel hundred percent of the time, Taishim Johnson. And I was like, this is not, this is not why you, you didn't get Taishim Johnson to be your man coverage guy. Yeah. Like that's not you, you got Nico Reed to be your man coverage guy. Why isn't Nico Reed in? And so that's why I asked my, my contact, you know, like, is Nico Reed like injured, you know? And, and he basically said, uh, you know, radio, uh, we don't know, like, yeah. you know, may, may, maybe, maybe not, who knows? Um, I, I don't know. Like, that's the one, like, sort of from a personnel perspective. Like, I understood Taishim Johnson sort of from his skill set. From I understood why Taishim Johnson, I'm not trying to, like, wrap Taishim Johnson or anything. I, it's just, like, it makes sense if you think that Cal is, like, a scary running team or on certain snaps. But for, like, most snaps, you would want to sub him out for Reed and have Reed playing that position over Grizel to cover him in man coverage. He's just better yeah. at that role. And then when they basically never did that and gave up several passes, I was like, guys, like understandably what? confused. <laughs> yeah. That, that confused me. That's it. The end of like, I, I'm I know I've been talking for a couple of minutes about this, but it just, because it required explaining the situation. But then now that I am done, that was it. I'm done. Like that, it, it, the end of criticisms, like I, I've emptied my bucket, like, uh, you know, and, and it constituted two passes. <laughs> well, there uh, you go. <laughs> 
the the well, there were uh, uh, the, the other two were were over the middle passes, which were also things that I talked about that that they weren't to Griselle, they were to other receivers, but they were also things in my article where I was like, they want you to bite up on play action, and then they're going to hit over the middle because you cleared out your linebackers, and then that's what happened and they you know hit those passes and that wasn't a that wasn't a Grizel Taishim Johnson on the flag route situation that was uh the linebackers are biting up on a non-serious like that was the other thing that was a long section of my preview article was like I don't think this run game is as serious of a threat as people think it is and then I spent like eight paragraphs explaining that um and then Oregon was like uh, or at least so I detect I think Cal's run game is real serious. We're going to take it seriously. Um, and then like sort of a little bit towards, you know, they sort of adjusted a little bit. Maybe they were doing that maybe towards the beginning of the game because the weather conditions, though, you know, where they were like, well, I, I just figured that Cal's going to run a little bit more. Maybe I should have let him off the hook a little bit on that. Um, and then Mendoza would just make those throws anyway, which is, again, a reason why I'm saying that, like, he was, you know, good for him. Um, so... I mean, it's on the broadcast. I didn't know this because I was at the stadium. I didn't learn this until I went back home and, and turned on my DVR and watched the broadcast. But like he, him doing all the practice with the wet balls, you yeah, know, or they yeah. were dumping the Gatorade containers all, you know, like, okay, that's fun. That was a cool little human interest story. It was, yeah, uh, it's a good strategy. Yeah, go ahead and rub it in our face how nice it is down in the Bay Area this time of year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 yeah, you, you have to use, use, uh, that you have to deliberately artificially get the balls away. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but otherwise it's a green across the board. You know, there are a couple of like cur- curiosities to talk about, but uh, you know, other, and like, you know, I will, I will talk about, you know, because I, you know, what else am I going to do? I got to talk about like, Oh, I thought you made this strategic error. And Oh, I, I found this curiosity and that curiosity. They used a couple of uh, a tackle over plays. So I got to, I get to name a new, or actually I don't um, the, the tackle over plays that they used. One was uh, they used earlier in the Washington state game, which I already named the churro play because they do it out of a sugar huddle. Um, and the other they used under Dillingham, which is a run to the boundary, which like, obviously I'm going to call that the run to the border play. Um, um, uh, 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 which were cool. Um, and, and they did some sequential plays that were cool. I'm going to have a whole clip section of my article about how they used, they, they did play sequencing that was cool. Um, uh, so, you know, that was fun. I like seeing that. Like I have some treats for the viewer or for, for the reader. Um, but like, otherwise, like this was like about as interesting as a 63 to 19 game in which that was only interesting because of screwy stuff that happened uh, at the beginning uh, could be, you know, like Oregon just sort of outclassed this team. Did you see anything different than that take, Adam? Not particularly. You know, there was some sloppiness due to the weather and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it was just a clear talent disparity. And, uh, yeah, Oregon took advantage and did what they were supposed to do. And that's why they look like a top tier team. I did uh, while, while I was in the stadium. Now, the, the, the in the stadium, their rush number includes sacks. But I, to bolster my point about Cal not really having a serious run game or a, one that you need to take super seriously, I mean, uh, for almost the entirety of the game, Oregon had more penalty yards against them than Cal had rushing yards. Um 
kind of the the penalty flags were out of control in this game. I did notice that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, wasn't gonna say like anything, I said, I didn't want to sound like I was whining, but good grief. I mean, <laughs> like I mean, like honestly, like several of them having you know watched the tape, uh, like I, I, like several of them are, are totally appropriate. Yeah, oh, you yeah. know, like and and like genuinely, Oregon has stuff to to clean up they they do you know they do take penalties um so some of them i think are, are, are a little ticky tack um i i do think it's weird that like i definitely see stuff on film that it's like hey man if you're gonna call oregon for that like i i know you know how to throw a holding yeah, flag yeah. <laughs> you know i i i know because you threw them on oregon like you you threw more holding flags on Oregon in this game than Oregon has received in, in all of PAC 12 play combined. <laughs> like, I mean, I know, you know how to throw them. They just wanted to show off their arm strength. Uh, yeah. Right. Speaking of arm strength, but Bo Nix, man, like, uh, yeah, he had some pretty impressive throws in this game. I'm actually like, I mean, I, 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 I tweeted out one where it's just the crazy, like he ducks under Iapani's block and then makes a crazy throw to, to hold yeah. it, which is like, what the what? Um, but like, oh, like I sort of just wanted to tweet out every one of his touchdown throws. Cause like every one of them is like, damn dude. Yeah. No, like for real. The, um, I mean, like, that dude has some serious arm talent. Like, I don't understand what all this like nonsense on the Twitter is about like, oh, this dude only throws check downs. Yeah. Like, are you for real? Like yeah. I again, I'm 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 known for hot takes. Uh, Penix is the is the nation's best passer. Drake May is most likely the most NFL ready quarterback. I think, but I think, I, I, but I think, I think the bowl game. I, I last year I predicted that dude's going to win the Heisman. I don't think he's going to win it this year because North Carolina is not having an, a good enough season. But I think before, but before he leaves, he's at least getting invited oh, yeah, to New absolutely. York, and so, he may win it. Yeah, next Penix year. is the nation's best passer. May is probably the most NFL ready right now. Bo Nix may be the most complete quarterback in college football. I mean, it's just bomb. Yeah. yeah. If you're just if you're if you're really just talking NCAA football, I I, I I challenge someone to find a more complete quarterback right now than than the number ten. Yeah, no, I mean it's just and I mean it's like it's arm talent too. It's it's arm. I mean it is arm strength. It is arm talent. Like he's making like arm angle throws. Oh yeah. Um, the the angles that he makes these throws from are just that they, they defy certain physics. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I can't, like, I'm not making highlight reels out here. Like, I, I'm doing film study, um, and, and like, I, I mean, I, I've selected the clips that are going to go, you know, into my article. You know, they, they're in order to do illustration of principles and representation of, you know, like how this game played out. Like, I, again, I, you know, this is for educational and representative purposes. It is not, I ain't making highlight reels, you know, like nah. it's the job of the uni. If, if the university of Oregon wants to make a highlight, yeah, reel, no, that's, they can do yeah, that. That's, that, that, that's like, their studio editors and their film crew that need right. to do that. That's not for us. <laughs> if I wanted to make a highlight reel, uh, this would probably, and, and I could only choose like one game to do it. I know there's been a bunch of like high drama games and this is not, 
a high drama game like i would probably choose this one because like there's a bunch of like it, like if i wanted to make the case like like if i were if i were bo nix's agent and i needed to get him drafted like to the nfl drafted yeah and and the restriction on me were i could only show uh the scouts or whatever uh them one game yeah that's uh, probably from a good his, one to go with season I, I would i would go with this yeah, game yeah like the genuinely like he's making like nfl he is not or, i mean he is not hurting his heisman hopes at all I, I mean from a talent perspective in terms of like beating the defense there's a bunch of ones in the utah game that are like it's kind of I put a couple of them in my article and specifically flagged them as like very high level quarterback f- play because of the way that he's fitting in the window to beat the pressure that's coming, which is like maybe NFL GMs are uh, more interested in that. But from an arm talent perspective, like how he's angling the throw and sort of like doing it a little bit off platform um, uh, and like, you know, fitting it into the corner on some of those fades like that's like. Yeah, that's like NFL. Oh yeah, stuff, yeah. man. Like that's seriously like. I'm not. I'm not out here to like denigrate other quarterbacks, but like there are quarterbacks that put up gaudy numbers, who are you know effectively you know it's because they have a a, a big arm and a good offensive structure and excellent receivers, and they're just the, and it's like they're the cannon, yeah, delivering, um. And, and they're sort of like what the NFL is looking for is sort of, you know, d- d- like uh, like the trickier stuff and like the trickier stuff was what Bo Nix was putting on 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 tape uh, in this game. That was sort of there's a lot of jaw droppers yeah. for this. 100%. And again, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to throw shade at other folks. I'm just trying to say that, like, go you know, really, if you've got some time this week, go back and watch your recording of this game, because like he really was doing some very impressive stuff with his arm in this game. Okay, let's wrap it up there. Uh, you got any parting wisdom, words of wisdom for us, Adam? Well, I've had tickets to the USC game since uh, August and uh, just found out it's going to be one of those wonderful Pac-12 after dark games. So hopefully I can make it home by 2 a.m. Uh, lucky, lucky, lucky. <laughs> uh, uh, well, um, it should be, uh, it, it might be a little bit chilly uh, and uh, there might be, there's already been a, a few tears um, in Austin stadium, uh, in last week and a few tears, um, from USC. Uh, but it never rains on this podcast.